Hello and welcome to the North America Gaelic Football Podcast, the home of Gaelic football here in North America. I'm your host, Gareth McElinden. Uh, before we get going, just a quick shout out to our sponsors, Mesida, uh, who have been a sponsor of the USGS since 2017. But with that being said, just want to quickly welcome John Foley uh, to the show today. John, how's everything going? What's the crack? Gareth, how are you getting on? Good to, have, good to see you. Good to be finally talking to you. I know. Tonight, you took the time to keep, keep get me on the show tonight. Uh, we always make time. We always make time for the lads, you know. Uh, <laughs> but John, yeah, do you want to give us a quick background of you? Uh, I know, obviously, right now you're you're based in Chicago now. Uh, but do you want to give us a little background of where you're from, back home, your club, and you know how the hell you ended up in Chicago? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Happy to guard. Um, yeah, I'm from County Waterford. I'm from a town called Dungarvan, um, seaside town. In the southeast of the country, um, my club would be Abbeyside Balnacorti. We're a senior club in both hurling and football. Um, and I played at both grades myself underage. Um, my playing days are well behind me now at this stage, Gareth. But um, I moved over here then in, to Chicago in 2018. Um, I guess like a lot of Irish men who end up in the States, um, it's women who, who get us across the water. Um, it was no different for me, so I'm here since 2018, Gareth, to be honest with you, and uh, everything's going going well so far. Brilliant, brilliant. Was it, uh, did you meet the woman back in Ireland, or did you meet her here? Or, oh, or it's that... a long, long, long story, Gareth. There's, there's a lot of fellas telling me that there should be a movie made about it, but um, I won't get into the nitty gritty, but um, we met a long, long time ago back in Boston, actually. Ah. Um, and um, bit over and back, bit on and off, bit over and back again, more on and off. And finally, uh, we got our act together a couple of years ago. Um, I work for Northern Trust and I was working in the Dublin office. Um, and of course, Northern Trust are an American bank here. So I was able to request a transfer to get moved out to Chicago, um, which I did. And um, that's that's where it's the way it's been ever since. We got married a couple of months later and um, went on to have a family. So um, based here in Chicago for now, for sure, yeah. Fantastic. Now, is she from the Boston area or is she from uh, Chicago? No, she's from uh, Grand Rapids in Michigan. So over the road from Chicago, really, just the other side of the lake. Um, but she, uh, back back in the day, Garth, she went. she decided to head to Boston to suss out the place for a weekend. And we bumped into each other. Um, and sure, um, just panned out that uh, here we are back in Chicago many, many years later. Now, were you you weren't playing any ball over in Boston, were you? I did, I did, Gareth. Yeah, I played. Um, I came out originally on a J one visa, um, and I played. I played hurling with Gola in Boston. So I was actually living in when we moved first. We moved. We were in Brighton. Um, we were in Brighton and then we moved to over to Cambridge, over onto Mass Ave, um, just up from the harbour. It's the Phoenix Landing and the field are two good Irish bars there. Um, I frequented those a lot of times. But yeah, I played out and played hurling and football, played hurling with Galway and played a little bit of football with, uh, I think it was Wexford I played with. They were just starting off at the time. Um, I don't even know if they're still up and running, but um, really it was the hurling that I played when I was there. Yeah, some played some, some, some good lads were there when I was out there. Um, Sean Ogahalpin's younger brother, Teo, was there. John Anderson from Cork, Jerry Quinn from Clare. Um, Clinton Hennessy actually played in goal for um, Shannon Blues at the time. Uh, I think Paul Shelley actually played um, for... Shannon Blues as well. But um, yeah, that was my experience. Totally enjoyable. Yeah, with uh, Peter Murray and John Moylan and all them lads. So. Um, who went from on the Galway side, was that? Galway Harlan, yeah. So Peter yeah. Murray is actually, and I actually had him on an episode. So oh, Peter's really? the chair of the Northeast Division. Okay. Uh, but he's very heavily involved with Galway. Uh, he's a big hurler. Uh, okay. Peter's, Peter's a great lad. And if, if you had the chance... Uh, it's a great episode with him. Um, you know, man's been around the Boston area for a long time, and geez, he knows that book inside out. Uh, yeah. Great man to know if you have any questions about, you know, any if you're if you're on a board and you know looking for advice. Great man to great man to have a side conversation with. Okay, okay, yeah, it was Brendan Brendan Morrissey and Joe Morrissey were the big. The, they're from Afton Rye originally. I know they were those boys were involved. Um, Back in the day, but that's a long time ago now, Gareth, too. What year was that? Uh, that'll be 10 now, old, uh, 
<laughs> no, I'm only joking. <laughs> that was uh, 2000, 2000, 2000, yeah, 2000. So a long, long time ago. Yeah, I, I have no comeback to that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't think you would, Gareth. <laughs> so, but, you know, yeah, it definitely has, you know, I mean, Boston, like you were there in 2000, and I'm sure you've seen some of the clubs and Shannon Blues, you know, as another club is still around and Galway is still mm. around. You know, a mm. lot of those clubs are still kicking on, uh, which is phenomenal. And obviously a lot of new clubs too, like uh, clubs like ourselves, Westerfenians, uh, you know, popping up. You know, I think uh, they re, re, re came up in around like 2008. Uh, and it was mostly hurling at that time. Uh, but now we've moved into football. So definitely starting to see a lot more teams and a lot more divisions too. Like I'm sure when you were there, there probably was what, three divisions, four divisions? Yeah, I think it wasn't any more than that, anyway, Gareth. Definitely yeah. not. Um, you know, now, now you're talking like in the Northeast Division, you have in football alone, you have senior, intermediate, junior A, junior B, junior C. Five okay. divisions. Yeah, you know, it's, massive. Uh, it's phenomenal. Um, so, ah, whenever you get back into Boston, we'll get out to Canton and relive the, relive the memories, huh? I know, and I still remember. It's funny, you see you see in social media, you know, there's so much coverage on social media now, but I'm sure it's changed over the years, but a lot of it, it, it's, it's, it seems to have retained a lot of its characteristics too. You know, I remember the little stand was there, um, and then the, the bar just beside where the dressing rooms used to be. Um, even one of the guys who moved from Chicago to Boston recently, um, he's moved to a club up there, but he had filmed basically the walk-in and it just seemed like it hadn't changed at all in 20 years. That just, that, you know, from the car park walking in, seeing the pitch on the on the left-hand side, and, you know, the bar facilities and the rest go on the right, so. Yeah, and the bridge probably the same paint colour. <laughs> so, no, nah, you know what, we're very lucky. Uh, you know, even yourselves, you know, Nationals was there in Chicago last year, and, you know, we talked to, uh, I actually had a recent episode that I'll actually be posting um, with Donny Gall, um, uh, one of the lads from Donny Gall, and you know we kind of both were almost taken away by you know like the setup Chicago has, and especially that outdoor bar. Uh, mm. They did an unbelievable job with that place. Like, and you almost have like a an opportunity there in Canton where they could do something like that. But again, that's a that's a conversation way down the line. That's a conversation for over pints. Like. Exactly. <laughs> Tell us a bit about your journey with uh, with Patrick Pierce's playing, obviously coaching as well. Uh, we can get into a little bit of that. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so I moved in 2018, Gareth, and um, I got involved with actually the Limerick Hurling Club here um, that, that summer. And so I coached them. Um, hurling in, in Chicago is kind of, football is much stronger. There's much more of a, there's much, a much higher population playing it. Hurling is kind of, I wouldn't say a poor relation, but it just doesn't have the same numbers involved as it would as footballers would. So there was two clubs basically back in 2018, um, and the Chicago GA board decided to run off a championship between the two clubs, so the best of five, um, which was good in fairness because it, there was an interest there. Lads were coming over, so um, they ran that championship up. So that's how I got involved with the GA here in Chicago, really. And then um, the pandemic hit, Garth, and of course there was a lull. There was no nothing going on. Um, and then because hurling, again, was more reliant on people, lads coming over from Ireland, the clubs here didn't really have an opportunity to have a championship when things did open up again uh, because there was restrictions, obviously, on lads coming over from Ireland. So it kind of fell even further away into the, into the, the background, really, unfortunately. But I got a phone call then in 2021. I think it was the end of 2020 or the start of 2021. Um, chairman of the Porrick Pierce's club. Um, Stephen Feeney, who I know you've had on recently as a guest, he just called me. I, I'd known Stephen kind of just from seeing him, you know, around Gaelic Park and stuff. Um, and he reached out to me and just asked me would I be interested in helping out for the year. So I jumped at the opportunity, really, Gary, to be honest with you. Um, like I do, I've managed my own club at home before um, and I had coached them for half a year as well. But I just, the coaching aspects, the opportunity to get back into it with, with the Pierce's just really appealed to me, um, especially uh, coming out of the COVID and the pandemic and I guess wanting to get out of the house too and you know get that social aspect going again. So it kind of went from there then. I just, I, I 
jumped at the opportunity when Stephen reached out to me and um, coached him for 21 and 22. Yeah, so that's that's how it went. Did a little bit myself, you know, I still, you probably know yourself from your own coaching, this, this, that feeling of picking up a hurley or kicking a ball, you feel like irrespective of how old you are, you still have it or you still have, you could still contribute some way. Um, but I, I resisted. I got the boots on, all right, but I, I resisted from actually tugging out for any com- real competitive fixtures, maybe an odd friendly. You know, we went up, up, up a couple of miles up the road to um, Milwaukee to play kind of a, um, a fall game. Um, but that was it, really. So just predominantly the coaching, really, guys, to be honest with you. It's, um, now, did you travel? So the first year back, obviously, was that very weird year, you know, where a lot of the big cities, you know, Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, uh, even San Francisco, you know, a lot of their home base, like not home base, a lot of the, like a lot of their clubs were based on J1 lads coming over. Like that's what, that's what filled out. You know, if you like, let's just say for an example, you know, you were a team like Mac and in Boston, you know, that's the difference between having three teams versus two teams or one, mm. even one team. You know, all mm. these lads coming over for the summer. Um, did you end up traveling to Boston that year for for nationals? Yeah, they did. I actually ended up going home. So I was here for all the way through the championship. And then we just had um, our holidays booked to go back. Um, so the the team won the Chicago championship and then they did travel to Boston for the nationals. Yeah, yeah but I, yeah. I wasn't part of that. I was back in Ireland. Yeah, because I know there was a lot of teams that didn't travel. A lot of like there was a lot of clubs struggling, you know, and that's mm. actually some of the newer clubs, you know, and trying to get everything back in. It's like you're trying to promote something, you're trying to bring people in, uh, but then you know when you have no games, no training, how do you keep them? You know, that's that was I guess the biggest challenge. But you know, we were very fortunate uh, ourselves. We we kind of started the club at in COVID, and you know I think people were looking for. Hey, I just need to get out of the house. And yeah. some of our training was just kicking the ball around, you know, just yeah. getting out yeah. there and kicking. And it didn't really, you know, obviously socially distant, like, but you're going to be doing that anyway, playing hurling or football. Mm. You know, yeah. started off with a bunch of us just going out and kicking a ball to, all right, well, my restrictions are out. Let's start getting games in. Um, and fast forward, you know, two, three years later. And, you know, we have. We have three three teams, uh, two hurling, one football. Uh, hurling just won the Northeast Junior B hurling on Sunday, and we have our C football and C hurling in the final this weekend. So, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of negative stories from COVID years, but for us, it's been you know it's been only a positive for our club. And a lot of other clubs had had very similar. Uh, I, some other clubs have had similar stories too. Um, Charlotte being another one. I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever, like, did you ever watch the video they put up online about the ladies football in Charlotte? No, I, no, I haven't seen it. I, I, I follow them <clears throat> on social media all the time. Like, and actually, I actually, I think I give them a shout out a lot. Uh, but they just travel to the World Games. Uh, we stayed in the same hotel as them uh, in Chicago last year. But Jesus Christ, they're traveling numbers. I think they had they had a men's football, men's hurling, ladies football, camogie, and multiple teams in each. Like it's phenomenal, you know. Yeah. So, you know, they're kind of like our target. You know, uh, some of the senior clubs maybe not have the same kind of like target, um, but for us, it's more like listen, we're you know, for us, it's a bit of crack. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. The ball, the ball's a small part of it, like you know, but the crack is the fucking, you know. Yeah, but that probably movie. explains too, Garrett, why you're getting such good numbers. You know what I mean? A lot of people, like you say, like the pandemic. You know, it's probably you know, it was a release for people. You know that that I suppose desire to get out of the house, meet new people. You know, do something new. But I mean, like having that fun element, I think is. I think it's critical in any in any sport to be quite honest in terms of coaching or a team really gelling. I think you have to always have that element of fun and like that's testament to the the amount of work you and your team are doing in terms of not not alone maintaining numbers but getting to grow even further. So you know, it's all about fun at the end of the day, I think, and people enjoying themselves. But winning at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and the crack. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I I mean, we had um we had a couple of sessions this year where I almost had to like 
not not lose the plot a little bit, but like you know, like almost went a little bit old school, like you know where you know you grew up and you always had like you know, you always had that one manager that just whenever things got out of control, they just had to step in and be like, right, fucking wise up, <laughs> you know, and it's like, but it, it's kind of like a borderline where you don't want to cross the line too, like because it is fun at the same time, yeah, but at the same time you're there to win too, yeah, so yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's it's listen, I love it, you know. This is why we come back and play every year. You know, this is why we come back and you know, we join the boards and you know, we go on podcasts and talk about Gaelic football because it brings us back and whether it's Gaelic football or Harlem, you know, it's yeah. uh it's it's a phenomenal thing. But so last year, so obviously you were um so you were managing twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty two, were you managing that team or were you coaching that team? No, I, co- I coached. I coached both years. Both years I coached. Gareth, um, it was Rory Moan was the manager um, the first year, and then so I coached that year. And then last year, uh, Shawnee Tobin got involved with Rory, um, and I, and I was coaching. So that was some year, though. Some yeah, names. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, 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 but yeah. Just football in general in in the city, Gareth was. Now again, I'm based, I'm only basing it on my experience for five years. But when I look at the caliber caliber of players who came out there last year, um, it was phenomenal. Like I mean, if you look at the teams that were here, like McBride's had, I think they brought seven. I think I'm not sure six or seven of the Mayo senior panel were brought out in one go. Um, that's not even including some of the other um, names they had. Parnells had some big names: Reno O'Neill from Armagh, Connor Myler, and. Um, Connor McKernan, I think, was his name from uh, Tyrone. They had Barry O'Hagan from Down, Dylan Johnson, um, sorry, Bean Johnson um, from Down as well. So, and then even from our own perspective, like um, we had Rory O'Dwyer from Dublin. In terms of names, like high profile names, McBride's and Parnell seem to have the high profile names. Um, from our perspective, we had Dan Amani, who is now centre back. He played centre back for Cork this year in the championship. Um, Brian O'Donovan from Limerick, who he was kind of lining out a corner for or full forward and centre forward for Limerick this year. Um, we had Dan McCarthy from Kerry. We had um, Darren McGurn from Fermanagh, who played for Fermanagh this year in Croke Park. Uh, Adam Lochran from Antrim. He played. He was he played centre forward for Antrim actually in the I think it was the semi final. They lost to Mead, I think, in the Talton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, we had some good names, you know. And again, like, no offense and no disrespect meant, but like the likes of Reno O'Neill, like he's known throughout Ireland. You know what I mean? Whereas some of the other lads might not have the same exposure or high profile. But again, it doesn't down. Like it shows you, it doesn't all all is boiled down to the the name or the the profile that you have. You know, it takes more than that to uh, become a successful winning team. Especially, you know, it's a. In my opinion, anyway, you know, obviously you have players, uh, you know, obviously you you just named a bunch of them, but it's a different game out here. It's a completely yeah. different game. You know, completely the 13 different. side is just, you know, it's such a, it's such a different, different game. Uh, you know, as far as like, you know, running, uh, it's a space, you know, if you're a cornerback, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a different, you know, and I still look at Gaelic Park. I went down there on Sunday for the semi-final for the first time this year. Um, and, like, the pitch is so big. And, like you say, 13 aside. And it's funny, just one of the guys, um, so Pierce's were playing McBride's and just the corner forward for the Pierce's just I was watching his man and like just he was being dragged left and right and over and back and I just felt sorry for the cornerback to be honest with you. he was just absolutely in that heat you know ourselves how hot it gets out here the humidity down in Gaelic Park you're away from the lake it's even it feels like it's 10-15 degrees hotter than it is actually in the city and then just that constant fitness you know that's required you know in GA alone but you're trying to factor that into account then with two less players on the pitch and um, sweltering heat and humidity. So I, I, I certainly don't envy the lads who um, I wish I had their fitness. <laughs> I don't think I ever had their fitness, but it's, it's just gone to a whole new level now. And it's, it's like you say, 
it's not, it's not, you can't compare two codes, in my opinion, you can't compare Gaelic football in Ireland to Gaelic football here. Um, I think certain players have certain attributes that can, that can work out here, um, but it's definitely a much tougher sport. And I think, I suppose if you were to even interview any of the guy, any of the lads who do come out on a J1, it'd be interesting to see what their honest feedback would be to you, to you in terms of what their actual first experience was like for the first two to three weeks at least, because there is certainly, um, I suppose, an element of acclimatizing to the conditions out here. I think you've been involved this much, uh, much this year, right? You said you were out there for the first time uh, this weekend. Um, yeah, I was down there for the first time. Yeah, this this weekend. Um, just took a step back this year, Garrett. Just personal circumstances meant I just c- couldn't give the commitment. Um, certainly not the commitment that I that I'd like to to give to any any team I'd be coaching. You know, it's a full time job. I kind of believe, you know, if we're going to get into something, I'm either all in or I'm not in at all, you know, and I just couldn't give um, the commitment to the club that I feel they needed or that they deserved. So I just made a conscious decision that, you know, for this year, I take a step back, um, as I said, just due to personal circumstances. Yeah, and I I mean, obviously, last year, phenomenal year for you, obviously winning the Chicago uh, Championship. Then I think you ended up going on and winning the... Not at the nationals as well, right? In senior, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we had um, we had a the Chicago championship was unbelievable. Gareth, to be quite honest with you, um, the I suppose how the players that came out they had such a high profile. Um, there was an awful lot of excitement. The crowds down the Gale Park were huge. Um, they're now doing the coverage. You know, the live all the games are getting streamed now, so we had big audiences back home tuning in. Um, so there was a huge buzz around the place. Um. So we went, we went, we won, we won the Chicago Championship, um, and we defeated Parnells in the final. Uh, we went through the campaign. We just, we lost, we lost one game. We actually lost during the group stages. We lost to Parnells. They're the only team we lost to, and um, we ended up meeting them in the final. Um, I suppose due to the the players that they had brought out, they were raging hot favourites. Um, but we we got over the line in the final, and then that brought us on to it was a special occasion because it's 50th anniversary of the, the Pierce's club. Um, and the Nationals are being held in Chicago. So I think the stars kind of aligned for us, really, Gareth, more than anything else. We played um, San Diego champions in the semifinal, and we went on then to meet the Philadelphia Young Irelands in the final, um, who we defeated. So um, memorable and historic occasion for winning the North American title for the first time in the history of the club. So huge achievement, um, huge commitment from everybody from the ground up to the, in the club, you know, really massive support from everybody. There's an awful amount of goodwill um, around Chicago and specifically um, within the Pori Pierce's club. Um, they say it takes a village. I think it takes probably a village and a little bit more than that to be successful. Um, just, I think that the work ethic of everybody and the strong personalities um, within the club and within the players, in fairness to the players who came out, you know, they bought into what we were trying to achieve from day one. Um, they saw what we, we as a club were about. They saw that we meant business. They saw that, you know, we cared more than anything. We were ambitious. We wanted to do this. And, you know, credit to each and every one of them, Garrett. They they really stepped up to the plate because, you know, there's there's big names coming out and there's fellas, there's only so many of these guys, you know, can get on the team. And, you know, that's that's a hard job for the management committee to, to decide who gets to start, who doesn't, who comes on, when they come on. Um, but huge credit to everybody in the club and the players who came out. Just a phenomenal effort throughout the whole year. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, that's obviously some achievement. Uh, obviously, we had uh, we had Feeney in there a couple of months ago <laughs> talking more about it. Uh, mm. But then, obviously, uh, circumstances changes for you after that. You know, going from such a high to probably one of the most challenging times of your life. Yeah, for sure, Gareth, yeah. Um, so just, I suppose, what I alluded to earlier on about personal circumstances and the reason why I had to take a step step back this year was, um, so we, I'm married, as I mentioned earlier on, and we have we have a young boy already. He's he's going to be four in February. But um, last year, um, we we had also had another son. Our second son was born. He was born on September 15th, 2022. But... Um, so prior to that, if I bring you back to St. Patrick's Day, actually, of 2022, 
which would have been, I suppose, we had just started training and coaching with, with the Pierces at the time. But my, my, we knew we were pregnant, um, but on St. Patrick's Day of 2022, um, my wife phoned me and she, we had got, we had decided to get diagnostic tests done. Um, and we got results back from that to say that our baby um, had trisomy 18, which again, a lot of your listeners are probably like, what, sorry, what is that? Um, that was pretty much our reaction to I'd never heard of trisomy 18 in my life. It's commonly known as Edward syndrome. Um, but it's um, that was the news we got on Patrick's Day. And the outlook is not good, Gareth, for babies who have that syndrome. Um, very, very few of them make it full term. Um, if any of them do make it full term, you know, the majority of them, you know, pass away within a couple of hours of birth. Only 5 to 10% of trisomy 18 babies make it to one year or beyond. So... Um, that's the news we got on Patrick's Day. So I suppose we made a we made a decision, myself and my wife, to um, basically, I suppose, back our son and support him as much as possible in terms of giving him every opportunity to fight every minute of every day to make it into the world first and foremost. And then we felt if he could do that much, then it's only then we could step in along with the help of the medical professionals to. I suppose help them even further because we know with trisomy 18 babies there's a lot of complexities there's a lot of abnormalities with these babies um but we just felt you know listen we're going to back him we're going to battle to the to the end with him whatever that might be he's going to just leave him take us on a journey not knowing what the destination would be or how long it would be or where we'd end up so we, we kind of made that decision gareth and so that's all through so that was from patrick's day Right the way through. Then um, we went through the championship. We won. We won the championship. I suppose the huge thing for me, Gareth, was at the time I was coaching the Paul Pierce's team. You know, I didn't tell anybody or about our circumstances, but just having people talk about GA and that social outlet and that distraction, like it was a huge, it was a huge help to me. Knowing, I suppose, knowing what I, knowing what I knew, and knowing, and my wife knowing the same thing the football was a huge outlet for me. You know, it's a huge outlet anyway, but it was even more so in terms of helping me deal with everything that happened last year. So as a result of that, Gareth, um, our son was born then on September 15th. Um, and, but he was, he spent his life in uh, Laurie Children's Hospital, in the NICU in Laurie Children's Hospital, where he received phenomenal care by the nurses and the medical professionals. Um, and so that was so that was September, he was born and he was in the NICU down there every day. Um, and so I made a decision then, so he, he made it through to the end of 2022. We celebrated Christmas day, also the family down in the NICU in Dory's hospital. Um, but towards the end of 2022, Gareth, I just, I felt I needed to do something and so I made a conscious decision then that I wanted to raise awareness around trisomy 18 because I'll never forget that morning of Patrick's Day when I heard the words and had no idea what trisomy 18 or Edward syndrome was. So, and I have a brother who is Down syndrome, but Edward syndrome or trisomy 18 was brand new to me. So in a nutshell, I just decided, okay, I want to do something. And I felt how, what, what's the best thing I could do to raise awareness and raise funds. So I just thought, well, Lake Michigan is here. Um, I think I'm going to cycle around Lake Michigan. So I kind of made that commitment to myself and to my son, Luca, that that's what I would do. And the statistics around trisomy 18 babies, Gareth, is that 5 to 10% of them make it to a year or beyond. And we always felt that Luca would, would fall into that category of 5 to 10%. So I felt, okay, Lake Michigan, it's now late December. It's nine months to his first birthday. We believe he's going to make it to his first birthday. This is perfect. I can start training now. This is not a, a jaunt around around the block. This is going to take a lot of time and training. So I just made that commitment, Gareth. And as a result of that, then, of course, I felt I couldn't give the same commitment to Warwick Pierce's for 2023. Um, so that's the decision I made, basically. Um Unfortunately, Luca passed away on so on February fifteenth. Um, so five months he lived 
Um, he survived that long. And he spent every day of that five months in the NICU in Laurie Children's Hospital. But, um, you know, as upsetting as that was and still is, um, it wasn't going to change my focus or my determination to, I suppose, um, honour that commitment I made for, for him and for Laurie Children's Hospital and the soft organisation who provides support for trisomy 18 families. So that's that's where I am, Gareth. That's ultimately brought me to where I am today, which is um, not being involved with Portic Pierces. And here I am five weeks out from beginning my lap around the lake for Luca, which is a 954-mile cycle, which I hope to start on September 9th and finish on September 15th, which which is Luca's first birthday. So Because obviously the hope was that he'd be with us on that day. He, he will be with us. He'll just be in spirit, not physically. That's brilliant. Nine hundred. Wow, Jesus! And just as yeah. I, uh, just as I thought, when I was uh, so, we have the Pan Mass here in uh, in Massachusetts. Uh, it's a pretty pretty big one. We're biking, but I mean that's a hundred miles. Okay. But then uh, you just threw out the nine hundred, and I'm like, oh Jesus! <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I I can't imagine. Obviously, you know, obviously what you just went through as a family. Uh, but you know, obviously, when when you obviously had the conversation with the club, uh, the uh, Patrick Pierce's, you know, how was the? I'm sure I'm sure the support there was nothing more than, you know, amazing. Yeah, no, phenomenal. Like I've said it from the outset, like even prior to Luca being born or, or him passing on, um, the club have been phenomenal to me from day one. Um, and for, and you know, I, I feel like if you talk to anybody who's got any association with Patrick Pierce's. Garrett, you'll get the exact same sentiment coming back to you from everybody. Um, they truly are, you know, they, they can be, the terminology can be banded about kind of casually at times, but they truly are a job in a million as far as I'm concerned, you know, um, especially when Luca passed away and the funeral, like they, there was a guard of honour, you know, they, they just did everything for me and my family. I couldn't, I just could not speak highly enough of them. Um, just a phenomenal group of people, special, special group for sure. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, so, what have you been doing to prepare for this cycle? Because like, I, I can't even imagine where you even start with that. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of cycling, a lot of training. Um, so I reached out to a guy I knew. There's a guy called Mark Higgins here who's um, he's based on the south side and he does a bit of physio with, with the teams around here and with Pierce's. Um, so I had, I had dealt with... with um, I had dealt with Mark before and uh, he's competed as an Ironman athlete for Ireland. So like he, I knew he had that background. So I said, well, he said, this guy seems like he should know, give me an idea of what, what I needed to be doing. So I reached out to Mark in early January and we just came up with a plan. I told him what my ambition was, what I hope to do, when I want, when I hope to do it and, and why I wanted to do it. And um, so he's just, he gave me an online program. So Basically, I had to order the winters here. You know, you're not going to be outside in the bike. So I had to go off and buy a smart trainer and get it set up in the basement and get my bike set up on it. And then there's a, a program called Zwift, which is basically kind of, you might be familiar with it, but it's, you can do running, cycling, walking on it. But it basically gives you routes all over the world and there's different training programs you can do. So since kind of mid-January, that's what I've been doing down in the basement doing a lot of that um, and then the, that training just increased over time in terms of distances um, so at the moment I got to a level down in the basement guards whereby I hit 100 miles um, so I down in the basement on my stationary bike I cycled 100 miles um, so like and it's only now that I've gone outside since I'm like how how did I actually do that I don't know how I did it down in the basement but I did it on a but thankfully now the weather is better and I'm outside. So my training now guards involved it's six days a week. So just to kind of run through it real fast. Um, last weekend, I would have done 110 miles on Saturday. So this is outside. And then Sunday, I did 85 miles. Monday then, because I can't obviously have a job as well, so I can't be doing six and seven hours of cycling midweek. So basically, on a Monday, it, the plan is it's an hour of a kind of a, an easy ride. But then on and so Mondays and Wednesdays are easy rides. Then Tuesday and Thursday, Mark has tailored the training so that it's more like um, I'm climbing a hill. It's power work, you know, it's stamina. So it's a 90-minute session, but it's it's 
the idea of it is that you your legs feel after 90 minutes your legs would feel as tired as you would after probably cycling four hours so it's trying to get that you know replicate a four-hour cycle but compress it into a 90 minute session which i to be honest with you i find those those two 90 minute sessions so much harder than 100 miles in the basement doing you know just your regular your regular pace but that's where i am at the moment six days a week of training and five days are my day off now uh, are a bunch of the lads gonna go cycle with you yeah, I know there's a few lads, all right, have put their, put their hand up, yeah, definitely for, a, you know, a couple of miles, maybe at the start, um, maybe at the end, one or two lads have put their hand up. Um, I think they've they heard that Traverse City might be one of the places that I'd be passing through or passing by. And I think once they heard that city, they were jumping at the opportunity to <laughs> to be cycling on that day. Uh, but like with the boys in the middle of the championship at the moment, you know, I'm trying to stay away from them in terms of, you know, asking them can they do it or not, you know, like the Chicago final is on this weekend. Um, you know, we'll see after that, you know, we'll see how things go on Sunday. But for sure some lads have, have put up their hand and, you know, I have family coming out from home um for the last day, so you know, they might hop on the bike too. So but then ninety five percent of it uh guards I'll be on my own. I mean, how much of a I mean, how much of a mental battle is that going to be? I mean, yeah. It, it might like. I mean, I can't imagine like you've all you've almost went through the toughest. You know that ninety-five miles. You know can't be much worse than what you guys went through. So, um, but yeah, no, that's that's phenomenal. Uh, what do you what do you hope to get? What do you hope to achieve out of uh, like obviously this this cycle? Yeah, well, I suppose when I when I. When I made the, the decision, Garrett, to, that I wanted to do it, like the two things that stood out for me most were raising awareness and then raising funds. I feel like, like obviously, it's, it's, there's a fair bit of work involved in this. It's a, it's a long distance. I From day one, I didn't want it to be easy. You know, I've seen people who've done it over a month. They've done it over two weeks. Um, I just think about how, how, how hard and uh, how resilient Luca was for the five months he spent on the earth. Um, I just felt like, the least I could do was make it hard on myself or at least not make it easy. You know, I didn't want, I didn't want it to be easy from day one. I didn't want it to be easy, but in terms of what I want to achieve from it, it's definitely to raise awareness worldwide, not alone in Ireland and America. I really want to reach like the ambition is that we can spread this far and wide because not enough, not enough people know about Tri-CVD. Not enough people know that these kids, there is hope for them too. You know what I mean? Not all of them make it, but there certainly is hope for them. Um, but the ambition is to raise awareness and then raise funds as well. We've set we've set a lofty target of a hundred thousand um, dollars to raise. So um, if we can make it, great. If we don't, you know, it certainly won't be from the lack of trying. Um, and we know that about Luca too. That he fought every minute of every day and he did everything he could along with his medical team. Um, but it just, you know, he just had to accept his call from God at the end of the day. But we'll certainly give it everything we can to do what we can to raise awareness and funds around us. Uh, where can people find uh, the links to donate uh, to us? Will that be on like social media? Will you be posting that on different like uh, club sites or how? Yeah, people... we've, we've, a, we've a couple of things going, um, Gareth. Um, so just to kind of briefly run through, we, we do have a, an Instagram page. It's, it's called at lap the lake for Luca. And that's Luca with the C. Um, so we've got that up and running. It's probably up and running maybe five or six weeks now. Um, what we're trying to do there, and there's a link on that where people can, so if anybody's interested, they can follow the page. And there's a link in the bio where it brings you straight to a donation page if you want to donate there. Um, there's also a website set up, www com. Again, if people wanted to go to that, that will bring you straight to the donation page as well. Um, other than that, we have a few fundraising initiatives going on. Um, we're actually running a, 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 a trivia night here for all the GAA clubs in Chicago. So a bit of fun there. You know, we're hoping that there's between even the juvenile clubs, there might be 12 or 13 clubs involved. So we're hoping we can get 10 to 12 from each club involved there. So that's on in the Irish American Heritage Center on August 12th. Um, and the Heritage Centre have been good enough not to charge us any fees, fees for that, for the rental of it. So that's one of the initiatives. Um, 
the Pori Pearson's club, um, they're getting involved in actually um, through O'Neill's, we're getting some Tour de France jerseys made up, you know, your yellow jersey, your polka dot, all these jerseys, um, with the hope that we can get sponsors to basically anybody who wants to get their company logo on the jersey, you know, we're looking for a nominal fee from them to get that on. So that's up and running. We've raised um, a nice bit of money there. Um, what else are we doing? Um, my wife is, she's actually a yoga teacher as well on top of being a teacher. So she's going to do uh, yoga on the lake, down in Lake Michigan there. So that's another event we're doing. Um, and then we're also doing, we're running something on social media, um, Garrett, which you might even be interested yourself in. Um, so it's really simple. We're again, getting back to the whole idea of how can we spread awareness around the world? And all I could think of was GA, GA, GA. So many GA clubs around the world, you know, God, it's, it truly is worldwide. And I kind of wanted to stay away from Ireland because I felt, now, hopefully this will get a bit of momentum and the clubs in Ireland will get involved too. But I wanted to focus in really on clubs, GA clubs outside of Ireland. So what we're doing is we've, I've been actively onto clubs in Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, around the world, basically. Um, it's a short video. It's called Launch It For Luca. It's a small little campaign. All it is would be clubs whereby we would give them a template of whereby we'll say, Hi, my name is John Foley. I'm from um, the Pori Pierce's Club here in Chicago. Um, we're here to support Trisomy uh, Awareness. And here I am launching it for Luca. And then I would kick the ball or puck a slitter. And so it's a short 10 second video, but ultimately you want to combine all those ones. So we might have a club in. So, so far we've six clubs in Australia. We've one in New Zealand, one in Singapore, one in Finland, two in the UK. So we're, we're getting all those videos together. Um, and then we're combining it so we can have one video where they're kicking it to each other around the world. So we're going to run a lot of these with the hope. Really, it's about spreading awareness. And we're hoping that will obviously go viral over time. Um, but we're we're reaching out to clubs in North America as well. So anybody who's listening to this podcast, I've actually reached out to some of the clubs already. But a lot of the they're, so any of the clubs who are listening, please check your Instagram pages. Go to your messages. There could be a message from me in there, just explaining our story, what we're trying to do, why we're why we're trying to do it, and when we're trying to do it by. Um, so that's that's another campaign which I think will be huge, Gareth, in terms of just spreading it around the world. Um, we are asking clubs, if they can, to donate $100 to the cause. If they can, brilliant. If they can't, that's fine too. Um, but like every little bit of support would certainly help. Um, yep. So, And we're also getting the juvenile clubs involved as well. So one of the clubs here in Chicago, the CY, the Continental Youth Championships, were just on recently. And so I spoke to one of the juvenile clubs here today. And they're reaching out to all the clubs or the juvenile clubs in North America as well. So even if we get 10 of those clubs involved, it's all about raising awareness. Hopefully these videos can go viral and just clubs will, it'll just grow organically. That's the hope really. So you're still a little bit of time. So we've, we've plenty of time. So the, the race kicks off. So you said uh, it's September. Just remind us of the date when, uh, when it officially kicks off. Yeah, so um, September 9th. September, okay. September 9th is kicking off, Garrett. It's a Saturday morning. We'll be starting here in Chicago, um, and it'll be a seven-day event, hopefully, if conditions and um, things are in my favor. The ambition is that I can finish it on Luca's birthday, which will be the 15th of September. So it's going to involve, it's, it's 140 miles a day, give or take. So it's going to work out at around eight and a half, nine hours of cycling per day. Um, so it's definitely, it's not going to be easy, but um, we take it, <laughs> take it one day at a time. You're going to have some sore hole high after a few days. <laughs> I have already, Gareth. I have already, believe me. <laughs> Make sure you invest in a good seat. Yes, yeah, good seed, good shorts. I need a lot of good things to be quite honest with you. Um, but yeah, I know it's definitely, it's one of those, it's a one-lifetime, I suppose, opportunity. Um, it's definitely something that, you know, is certainly close to my heart. Um, but then, you know, if we can achieve those two things of raising awareness and raising funds for Laurie Children's Hospital and the, the, the soft organization, which, because they're the, the organization, are the people who support Trisomy families, which are, you know, very important because, 
it is a tough time for families, you know, when they get this news and again, the uncertainty, the ignorance around it, you know, so having that support is certainly vital. And obviously the support, like GA community as a whole, you know, it's, uh, it's one of a kind in a lot of ways. Unbelievable, you know. Gareth, unbelievable. You know, I know I, I, I haven't, and again, we haven't, we really, like in terms of, if you consider like the clubs that we have in Australia, you know, my ability to contact them or to have a connection with them comes back to lads from my club at home in Abbeyside, Ballinacorty, but also our club. So our captain, Jack Bambrick, who captained the Pierces to the North American, the Chicago title and the North American title last year, he moved to Australia. So, you know, that connection with Jack from last year has opened up a door for me to liaise with Jack this year to get in contact with his club. And now they've submitted a video, you know what I mean? So just that, and that's all down to GAA. You know, it's such, it's such a, you know, close knit community and yet as far away as Australia is from here, yet here we have, we now have six clubs in Australia who have already committed and sent their video to us all to support a great cause. And it all comes back to GAA. Fantastic. So what I'll do is uh, we'll make sure that we get, uh, we get the links posted. Uh, so whether, whether we put what we posted on Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, any reels that we put up, we'll make sure that we can put any links in there for people to get directly to the website, um, directly to the Instagram page as well. So we can get a little bit of exposure there, but you know, again, you know, it's, uh, I don't think anybody can imagine what you and your families went through, but, you know, obviously the resilience, the strength uh, to keep her lit and to do something like this for Pledia. Um, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you're going to have great support, you know, not only your family, but your club, the whole GA community as a whole. So we uh, we definitely wish you the best in this, in this ride. You never know, uh, September... My no, little one might be a month, you know, a month. Uh, you know, I don't know if I can get a basket on the front You get a basket on the front of your bike, you'll be fine. Batman Robin, you know, just <laughs> on the side. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, it'd be a bit yeah. of crack, though, anyway. <laughs> no, no, oh God, it will be, yeah, yeah, no, no, it, it should be, you know, and especially the last day, I think it'll be, it'll be a bit of fun, too, you know, just... I just hope that, you know, because again, it's 130, 140 miles on the last day. I just hope I can, <laughs> I suppose it'll be the, the uh, adrenaline will get you over the line. Like a lot, of, a lot of times that's what does happen. It's the adrenaline that gets you over the line. So after this, then what's the, what's the plan after that? A few pints of Guinness and I'll be starting the first thing I'll be doing. Um, no, we're not going to do that. You're right, I'm not going to know what to do. I think my wife is going to be definitely happier, and my son is going to be happier that now I can do things that you know I haven't been able to do. You know, even today they're gone to Michigan for two days. You know, I couldn't go because I work, and then I've like even after this now I have to get on the bike after after our conversation, Gareth, and get an hour session in. Um, so things like that, I think they're going to be very appreciative of the time, the extra time, or having. Our family time back together, I think, more than anything. Uh, but I will have a lot more time for family and, and other things. And certainly the hope would be um, to get back involved in GA in some capacity. That's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, family time, you know, obviously is super important there with the little one. You know, I can only imagine there's probably a couch set up uh, with a TV or something. <laughs> it's like family time <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the basement, in the gym. Uh, which probably not the same, but uh, for a great cause, obviously, uh, and obviously something close to close to the family there. Sure. So, well, we'll do our best to kind of share as much as we can. Uh, we'll again, I think, as if we can create as many reels from this episode as possible to help uh, promote it too. Um, we have some videos that have gotten a good few views one of our latest ones with uh i don't know if you've seen uh, tiktok but one of our one of the, one of the goalkeepers in in donegal boston got like a last minute equalizer and it's up to almost a hundred thousand views so no if we can get up that... to so if we can get up anywhere close there that would be nice like you know yeah i'll take
it. I'll take it. You know, some of the videos we've done ourselves, and like I'm not, I'm not an expert in TikTok at all, Gareth. Um, like it's all Instagram to be honest, quite honest at the moment. But I think the I think it's fourteen thousand is the most we've got so far. So if we could hit twenty thousand, I'd be delighted. Not to mind a hundred thousand. Well, we'll we'll do our best to get 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 it close anyway. Uh, yeah, appreciate no, that. No, and the, the only other thing I'd say is like for any of the clubs who are listening, um, just guys, because we are reaching out through Instagram. You know, I don't have contact numbers or emails for a lot of people, so we are relying on Instagram. We're literally looking up, you know, the North American clubs, what's their Instagram page, and then we're messaging them. So for anybody who is listening tonight, or um, even in the future episodes that you're going to run, Gareth. I just ask you guys, just please have a look at your messages and to see if there's any message from uh, Johnny G. Foley or um, at Laugh the Lake for Luca. Um, as we put a summary in there of in the message, I suppose, requesting support, um, just explaining what we do, what's the ambition, when we hope to do it, and why we're looking to get it done. So I just want to thank you, Gareth, for your support, having me on as well, and to all your listeners. Um, certainly a privilege being on here being able to tell our story no, and uh, I'll make sure we do our part to connect you with some of the you know obviously we have a good connection here with some of the Boston clubs too around the northeast so I know obviously Galway was a team you were with so we'll <laughs> we'll make sure Peter Murray and some of the boys there from Galway get on there so um, again wish you all the best Uh I, I I hope I hope to get up to Chicago once it's all done and get a pint with you, and you can tell me oh, all about it. Love it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, anybody who's on, you know, follow our page because we hope to keep keep posting reels and keep posting updates. And even as I do the cycle, you know, the ambition is that we give daily updates as well on that. So if you really want to truly follow our journey, you know, follow at Lapta Lake for Luca, and that's Luca with a C. Perfect. Well, John, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Um, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, yeah. Almost an hour. Thanks, almost an hour. Goes by quick. Um, <laughs> but just before we wrap up, a uh, quick shout out to our sponsors, Masita, as always, uh, who've always been great support to us for the podcast. Uh, again, uh, it's at uh, Lap, Lap the Lake for Luca with a C, right? Uh, and yeah. we will make sure we'll get all those links posted for you as well. Um, with that being said, appreciate the time. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for listening, and we will talk soon.